0: Tax and accounting firms know the stress that comes with onboarding and collaborating with clients. Sure, you're trying to grow your business, but adding new clients can really stretch your team. Buying a lot of software to fix problems is expensive and can even create more confusion for both your clients and your team. Imagine having a single solution designed to support your most critical needs, like secure document management, workflow automation, PBC list processes, and e-signatures. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, ShareFile, later in the episode.
1: GPT is only the, be- only the beginning and all of the complexity in the world, all of the just mm, millions and millions of pieces of data that have been created because the internet was created. We're going to have some a barrier in between us and all of that data that's going to quiet down the noise, simplify it for us, and also as an added bonus, do stuff. Mm-hmm. Do stuff we don't want to do because it's repetitive and
0: boring.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we are coming to you live from the OnPay recording studio with our special guest this week, Ashley Francis, CPA. Hey, Ashley.
1: Hey, how are you guys doing?
2: Doing great. Thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning to uh, to join us and talk On about- a holiday weekend, right? A On three-day a... weekend. We're That's like, right. Hey, let's
0: record the podcast because we we can't skip a week. We Let's no. have to record.
1: I get it. Yeah, I I get it. I um I didn't realize that sort of thing until I was like, I'm going to make a newsletter. And then it's like, oh, wait, that, that's a weekly thing. Oh, okay. Right. All right. right.
2: Yeah. And then you you start to think, oh, did I really want to do this after like doing 12 of them? You realize it's going to be <laughs> hundreds of them. Yeah. But I, I mean, you just have such a wealth of knowledge, Ashley. And I'm excited to have you on the show because you are Thanks. a tax practitioner who is experimenting with AI. You've been on this chat GPT thing since January and have been putting out some awesome content on your Twitter account, which is at Seattle underscore attacks. Everyone go follow Ashley on Twitter. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you uh, with David about all the stuff that's going on and you know what, what we can do with it right now and what, what we can expect in the future.
0: And Ashley had a tweet storm this weekend, right? Oh, Where, sorry, or this dude. week, all so about the new Microsoft <laughs> Build Conference. And I a tweet storm this weekend. Right, oh, where, or this did. week, all so about bad. the new Microsoft Build Conference. <laughs> and I, I couldn't keep up, so I said, Blake, just have her on the show so we can ask her the questions. It'll be easier.
1: I felt so bad. I was like, okay, you guys, this is just next two days. I'm just, everything amazing I see, you're going to hear about it. And there is so much that happened.
2: So the thing that I saw, and I haven't really been paying attention to this, uh, but I did see the the announcement about um Copilot microsoft copilot and there was this cool splashy video that i want to play for everybody it's just like a minute and a half long Uh, it doesn't have any narration so we'll have to like live narrate it okay so feel free to join me in explaining for our podcast listeners what is what we are seeing on the screen so uh here here we go dramatic music
1: It it was very dramatic like it made your heart beat a little bit you know
2: Introducing Windows Copilot, Integrated into all of Windows. We've got this, like, chat bar on the side. Somebody's typing. How How can I I...
1: adjust my system? Do you see that? Do you know how to get into settings? Because I have to, like, flail around every time.
2: Right. So, apparently, now we'll never have to go into settings again. And we can just ask it. It's just
1: a dark theme right there. Just...
2: Which cool I didn't part. know
1: there was. but we're,
2: yeah! we're dropping a PDF into the chat tool and it is summarizing the PDF. Works some,
1: with all of your apps.
2: So somehow you're going to be able to like start a Spotify playlist from the chat Yeah. Chill vibes. Stay in your flow and get creative. Now we're doing some graphic design here. And we are asking it to send the graphic design to our team in Microsoft teams and it's doing it without us having to open the app
1: and everybody's very excited about it.
2: Everyone uses a lot of emojis in these videos.
1: They sure do. Yeah.
2: They're really good at it. I don't know how people type emojis so fast. Like I always have to like open up a little search and I I don't know. I need to figure that out
0: anyway. (laughs) So if I quickly just summarize this quick, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, whenever it was, we talked about copilot Microsoft, uh, showed all this stuff that into to Office 365, now Copilot's gonna be just part of Windows?
1: Yeah, so uh, as they kept talking during the conference, I was like, wait a second, Copilot is just what they're calling um, the functionality that's going to be, the AI functionality that's going to be in all of their products. So, and obviously all of this AI functionality is going to work differently for each product. so like Windows, what we saw was, it was pulling up that Spotify playlist. It was able to access all of your documents that live in your file explorer. It was, you know, it's able to bounce around between your different apps. And so that's kind of how you work with your Windows environment. In Office 365, it's like, I saw this presentation, where this woman was in teams chat called up the co-pilot asked it to pull all of the emails related to a specific topic summarize it for her go grab the documents around that project and then create a response to an email based on what all the stuff that she saw there Wow. And it did. And that was all she had it was all in Teams chat. Never had to leave Teams chat.
2: So it's pulling the emails you know, from can Outlook. You
1: imagine like with our clients and yeah. our client like the amount of data we receive for a client and how like our clients receive so many disparate pieces of data that all deal with different things. And if a client asks us a question, we have to go down the rabbit hole of which folder is it in what you know what are all of the things uh, attached to it do we capture everything where now copilot is just going to do that what am i going to do with my time i don't understand this this is
0: yeah because a lot of it's that wasted time right where you're, you're hunting hunting, hunting 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 you absolutely. find it all then you got to open them up and then a lot of times it's like you know there's an email where there's a specific thing was said and you need to go right? cite it or grab it and that takes you though that's the one that you always could never find the important one. You're yeah, you around. just
1: search for it, and like eight hundred emails come up. You're like, was it, was it May? Was it January? I know we talked about this. And the other thing is too is that there is that moment where you have to remember everything that happened around that particular conversation, synthesize everything you're reading in order to answer a quick question, and that makes those quick questions. I mean, what quick question is out there, mm-hmm. really? especially with the complexity of what we're dealing with now. I don't think there's any quick questions other than what is my middle name, right? It's, everything is getting so much more complicated. We get so much, so much data. So the, the idea that our, like our client's perception of what a quick question is, is now going to actually be a quick question for us. That's so exciting.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking back to my time as a manager in public and my biggest challenge was probably just keeping tabs on all of my clients. And so I had to take really good notes every time I had a meeting, every time an email came in, I'd have, I had like a uh, client notes in, in one note and I had a folder or a page for each client and I'd try to keep track of them that way. But this could, this could do that for me, which would just save so much time because I didn't always make good notes, right? Like, to be honest, I didn't always write everything down. So,
0: right.
1: Yeah. Well, with the new so there's there's the new Teams coming out because one thing I hear consistently about Teams is how much everyone hates it. And from what I understand that's a function of the fact that it was never built to uh support as many people as it had to support during during the pandemic. Like suddenly everyone shifted to using Teams and I'm like, "Oh, goodness, okay, let's, let's get these folks supported. And so it wasn't really meant to do that. They had to kind of merge to two software platforms or see, this is why you take me to a developer conference, I'm only half helpful. But um, and so there's a new teams coming out that is in preview, I think right now that fixes those problems of being slow and clunky and then also when you are in a teams meeting you can record the transcript you can do that already but you can have copilot in your transcript and talk to it about what's just happened or have it tell you how folks are feeling based on their what they're saying or what's what's the temperature of the of the meeting, or the one the example I loved was, if you show up late to a meeting, you can have it tell you everything that you missed and if somebody mentioned you. So soon your transcripts are actually going to be useful because you can have them summarized and all of the like data points pulled out instead of um, instead of just like, well, that's great, I have a transcript, I'll never look at that again.
0: The other one you need is the opposite. Like instead of making a summary of the meeting, I'm going to give my two or three things I want to say in the meeting and just have chat GPT attend the meeting for me. And when they call on me, it just responds. And then you don't ever attend the meeting. Just completely I don't hate that. Meetings. I don't well, hate
1: that.
2: This is good news because I saw a report from Microsoft that the number one killer of productivity in companies is, drum roll, no surprise, actually, it's just people spending an entire day a week in meetings close to eight hours in an entire weekday each week in online meetings. Inefficient meetings are the number one workplace distraction that hurts productivity, followed closely by having too many meetings. That was from a Microsoft survey of 31,000 workers across the globe. Nearly two in three people, regardless of whether they are working remotely in person or on a hybrid schedule, say they struggle with having the time and energy to do their job because of meetings and email bloat. So if AI can summarize meetings for us, so we don't have to attend them, if it can summarize email threads so we don't have to read them, then that's going to that's gonna really help us as knowledge workers.
0: And, yeah. and they also looked at the data. I had, that, I had that same article. They looked at the actual data they had of trillions of minutes they've been tracking of people doing different things. But my takeaway from this article, Blake, is like – and actually you could help with this too. I, in general, like everybody's really hard on themselves. Right. And like we just beat ourselves up. And there's all you know these books like deep work and all this stuff. And like there's this pressure of like, oh, man, I have to optimize my whole schedule so I can get 40 hours of deep work in a week. Because if I don't, I'm useless or you, you beat yourself up. And so is really this an issue at all. Like, should we just really reframe like, hey, in the reality of the working world, if you get four hours of deep work a week, that's a home run. And that's just the, that's just the environment we are like, instead of creating this undue pressure, because even articles like this, it just creates more pressure. Like you're, 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 you're not worthy, right? You're not doing enough deep work. Right.
1: I think it's really interesting that we have this idea that the human brain can operate for 40 hours a week at its optimal level. The whole 40 hour a week work week thing, uh, and I might be incorrect on this, but I believe stemmed from uh, limiting the number of hours that factory workers were required to work because they were working in like just twelve to fourteen hours a day and so physical forty hours labor. a week right was was the like concession for factory workers physical labor but right. the human brain isn't isn't Capable of doing really smart things for forty hours a week, you are going to get a good three to four hours of brilliance out of it a day, and then the rest of it is just kind of churning along. Mm-hmm. So, kind of one of the exciting, like I really hope when this technology comes out, our first impulse isn't to do more work. Like, oh look, it's done everything for us, so therefore we're going to add. 100% more of of what we do. I'm hoping that, that we can start discussing, okay, this does a lot of work. Now we're going to kind of respect the human brain cycle and give folks the space that they need to do the deep work and then the space that they need to do creative work and you yeah.
2: know, uh, do people stuff. Most of the work we do these days, like right now, is not deep work. It's not creative work. It doesn't take a lot of brain power. It's just a lot of clicking and moving stuff around and collecting documents and replying to emails. It's really it's stuff that other people could do, but we don't have those other people to do it.
1: Well, so, And it does take up so, like brain power, though, right? It right. takes up our valuable brain power to go out and hunt for documents. Read through them all again make sure we have everything synthesize it and then create output that takes up valuable brain power that could be doing things that are actually value add
0: this episode of the cloud accounting podcast is sponsored by sharefile Numerous times in this podcast, Blake and I have discussed the importance of delivering a modern and elevated client experience. Your clients expect more than just the expected service. They want to be able to easily collaborate and securely exchange documents with you, regardless of the location or device. That's where ShareFile comes in. ShareFile is a collaborative client experience solution that is built with accounting firms in mind. It's easy to use, backed by best-in-class security, and fully customizable to fit your needs. All while offering your clients a compelling experience. By consolidating your engagements into a single secure solution that can be accessed anywhere at any time, Sharefile helps you to improve your client experience and increase your workflow efficiency. Sharefile also offers complete document management, custom branded client portals, workflow automation, e-signatures, document requests for PBC lists, as well as new engagement spaces to help simplify collaboration between your team and clients. If you're ready to deliver a modern client experience with Sharefile, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash sharefile. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash S-H-A-R-E-F-I-L E. So you're
2: out there, you're doing stuff with Chat GPT. You know, we've got other folks putting out prompts and, and showing us what we can do. But you know, the number of accountants, the percentage of accounts that are actually like taking advantage of this. It's got to be really, really small right now, right? I mean, so it's going to take building this into products like Microsoft and in our practice management software, our tax software, to actually, you know, get those big productivity boosts that we're looking for.
0: QuickBooks, mm-hmm. it's and, coming there.
2: You know, so then I think, okay, well, knowing the pace of change in the world of accounting and tax software, uh, especially in tax, especially in audit, like it's it's going to take a while, right? And that's kind of disappointing, but. Ashley, I was talking to you a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about how with Microsoft's suite, there are are products in there where we could actually start building this in our practices today.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's very exciting. Yes. So there's actually a couple of options. And one of them is, and it's very exciting because they did all of these announcements at the at the conference and one whole section of it was the power platform and the power platform is kind of a funny name and it's kind of a dorky name. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you're like, what is a power platform? Sounds very nineties, right? We've got the power, Um, we got the power, but it's, it's these series of this is a suite of tools that, um, yeah, pulls in the the low code. So if you're familiar with Zapier, uh, you have like a power, you have Power Automate, which is in like, like all Microsoft products, it's way more robust than a Zapier. So yes, it will move, move things from point A to point B, but it will then allow you to completely transform what's, what's in that point A to point B. So in our cases, we have so many repetitive tasks that can be automated. We just need to learn how to, we just need to build processes, right? We're so bad at building processes for ourselves. So if we build processes that for these things that we do repetitively, we can automate it. And one of the things that I, like one of the number one things that I tell people is that Think about the thing that takes the most time out of your practice. One of those things is engagement letters. Imagine if you could automate creating engagement letters. How much better would your life be? Probably all the better, right? Someone was saying it took, I don't know, it was like 100 hours for their admin to do all of their engagement letters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure their admin had other things to do during that time period. So you can absolutely automate engagement letters using Power Automate. And at the conference, they announced that Copilot is going to be is in Power Automate. So it's in preview right now. And before, Power Automate had this describe to design feature, which is basically tell it what you want and it will try to figure out what you, what, you're, what you're getting at. And now they have that, plus once, once your Flow is designed, you can have like a chat GPT sort of interface, kind of add things to it and explain to you what your Flow is supposed to do.
2: So is Power Automate something that if I just, if I have a subscription to Microsoft 365, I get that as part of it?
1: Yeah. If you want the premium connectors, it's fif- it's $15 a month. And then if you want the, the robotic process automation, that's forty five dollars a month,
2: but okay. um, so for my whole org or for like per user,
1: per user, but not everybody has to use it, right? Like, in my, I mean, I'm, I'm the only one who puts these sorts of things into my my goody basket when I'm adding these to my, because I'm the only one who uses it. So you can you can choose it on a, a person by person basis, and fifteen dollars a month for like, all of the connectors you get access to, plus the fact that it will modify your data in between and bring in data from other sources.
0: So Ashley, where's it at on the consistency? And this is where the problem I'm having with with ChatGPT type AI tools is I'll do something five times in a row and all of a sudden like the sixth time, it's so, I'm like, it's bizarre world where it got that from. So I'm thinking like, if you have to do a hundred engagement letters, how, how does every letter like come out the same? And you know what I mean? Where it's not like all of a sudden it just changed the tone and it created these new sentences. And it's like, why did you just impulsively do that? Because right, I know it's just rolling a dice and predicting what to do first. But how do you control that, that variability that you see so much right now with this stuff?
1: That's actually the great thing. So like when I talk about this stuff, I like to separate out using AI, generative AI versus when would you use an automation because the automation, you want to automate things that you want it to be the same every single time. Because the variability and randomness is built into the GPT-4 engine. So when we talk about ChatGPT, it's sitting on top of the GPT-4 engine. And one of the things that they really like about it is that it is random. And uh, has a level of entropy. In fact, one of the presenters was kind of lamenting that the GPT four engine lost some of its entropy when like during the training, I was like, oh no, no, we're fine with that. We're fine with it losing like entropy. So when you think about like generative AI, you're thinking instead of it being like a robot assembly line, you're thinking about it in the sense of an intern. So someone to help you. But if you want an assembly line, you build an automation in Power Automate instead.
0: Yeah, because I feel like the intern analogy, right now it feels like I have a new intern every two days. And it's like when really an intern, you're going to work with them and then you're going to say, then tomorrow they're going to kind of remember the way you asked them to do it the day before. And they might still make new mistakes, but it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And that's that that's what I'm looking for, is how does how do these these models start storing our own personal data? Like, how do we how do we hook it up to our data on the back end? And I just feel like Microsoft's hinting at this, like, oh, there's going to be $200 a month. You can buy, you can get some level of with Azure, some level of uh, ChatGPT type product or co that connects to your data on your back end so you can almost train it. Right? You could feel safe putting a credit card number in so we can book your flight, right? That type of stuff.
1: Yeah, they did more than hint at it at the build conference. So they basically mapped out how Copilot is connected to your data. It sits like it sits in your data, has access to your data, can do what you need it to do with your data. And this is a question that came up several times. Copilot is the only thing that has access to your data. Microsoft isn't using your data. Nobody is getting trained on this data. Like their whole thing is we're not, we're not using your data for anything. Your data is your data and we're not touching it. This Copilot is your Copilot working on your data. So like give me an example of something that, you, like a solution you were trying to, to solve that your, your intern just completely messed it up after two days.
0: Well, I mean, this is more ChatGPT. I yeah. had it, I trained it so it could stick plane flights into my calendar. I could give it or just basically paste in the the dirty email from Southwest, and it would pump out ICS files from my calendar. And I yeah. trained it because I like to have the little airplane emoji on the email. Trained it oh. all that. Then two days later, it did not do it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about. Because it doesn't right.
0: store anything. It doesn't store any right. of my. It doesn't actually learn from me. And I think that's the, that's the missing piece here.
1: Yeah. So the thing I learned that, I mean, and I would say that I've spent quite a bit of time watching videos and reading articles. And the thing, the new thing I learned about how, and maybe I already know this, but how ChatGPT works is when you start every new prompt, the model makes a decision about which rabbit hole to go down. It has let's say, three different options that it can choose, and it judges which option is going to be the best option. Based on the rabbit hole it goes down, you could get any number of responses. But after a while, it it every time you put in a prompt, it takes everything that it's learned before and goes down that same rabbit hole, right? It doesn't choose new rabbit holes. It's just that same rabbit hole every time and every time you put in like, I'm gonna travel here, I'm gonna travel there, it's going down that same rabbit hole, but it's starting to forget things because it only has so much capacity.
0: Yeah, because even if I keep this keep the same chat open, right? And I don't close even that if chat keep the session thing, yeah. and I keep using that one. You're right. It doesn't it doesn't remember it's, from forty eight hours ago kind of.
1: It's gonna start dropping to like how how many tokens did you have in that chat? Do you know? Tokens. Oh no! Oh. Okay, so tokens. I know. All of this language is so strange. It is so, like, why couldn't they call it a thing that we, that, that makes sense? Okay, so tokens are basically what I think of as the price that ChatGPT pays for turning through your data. And when we think about it in terms of like characters, like language, because these are language models. So the number of words, the number of spaces, commas, everything, if you're a big comma person that's going into your token limit, the you only get a finite amount of tokens a finite amount of words into hmm. the model before it starts forgetting everything it told you before. So I think it's like 3000 to 3500 words and it starts dropping off the end of the conversation and, and like losing its, its track.
2: And this is why prompt engineering is so important right now because we have to put everything we want it to do in the prompt at the beginning and we need to start new prompts, you know, before, like David, you can't use the same chat over and over and over again for this Yeah, you have to task. use anyone. You have to make a new, you, you basically have to create the perfect prompt for it to make this ICS file and just do a new new chat every time. Yeah, because I, I kind of have
0: different chats based on different buckets of, of the actions I w- or the results I want in those right. chats, but they kind of go stale. Now, is it, obviously, it takes money and power and compute resources to, to work. Now, is this something, actually, that right now I'm paying the $20 a month plan? Right, mm-hmm. Is this something that it's just like, oh, one day people have bigger plans where it can remember for a longer amount? Is this a money resource thing, or is it just like a technology? Like, it just can't do it.
1: Oh, it can do it. It can, okay. like, you're like in the chat GPT, uh, a GPT-4 engine has a a larger token. Um, can't think of the word right now, but like you technically could have a larger token library to send through it, but chat GPT has it limited to this 4,000, 3,500, 4,000. That's good. Um, it? Artificially. So if you want more tokens, you go over to the Chat GPT playground, which is about the time when a conversation, folks, eyes glaze over and they kind of are like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'll just start a new. I'll just start a new chat."
0: So with Azure and be- Copilot, is this going to th- these limitations that I'm seeing right now? Is this something that Microsoft's – since going to use my data, it should start going away?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's your oh, this is a whole thing. This is a whole thing. Um, okay. So your data, having access to your data means that ChatGPT doesn't need to remember it anymore, right? When we think about ChatGPT, it's super helpful to think about it in this terms of, like, mental memory. It's using its mental memory to remember all of these things. And I don't know if you guys have gone to a conference and you're like, I'm going to learn everything on day one. And on day three, you're like, I don't remember my name. I don't remember where I'm parked. So, ChatGPT is kind of the same thing where it has this mental memory, this ability to store up to a certain amount of data and like send it through its model. But when we have to add details to it, because it's general, right? That's the G. The G is general. And then the P and the T are something else that I can never remember. So when we have to add details to it, because it doesn't know us, it never met us, even though we spend maybe months and months and months of quality time with it. Every time we open up a new chat, it doesn't know who we are. So we have to put in a ton of information for it to give us what we want. That's not going to be a problem in Copilot because the information is already there. It's already mapped for us. Microsoft has their semantic indexing, which... If you ask me what that was, I'd say, I just know the two words and it looked really cool. And I can give you a video on it so you can watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it's like going into our data and being like, this is related to that in this way is related to that in this way. And so when we're working with Copilot, it's not having to remember everything. It's just going out to the maps that it made and pulling that data And then the other thing the other cool thing that is going to be the icing on the cake with this is bringing in plugins which is another weird word that we're gonna have to learn but plugins are like okay so let's say you had a new staff person right and you're like here's your desk we're gonna tell you nothing and we're gonna give you no tools good luck you know everything that you learned in college, and we're gonna come over and we're gonna shout questions at you occasionally. Sound good? That's kind of how a lot of people treat ChatGPT, and like an intern, it's like I'm gonna answer whatever you say because I'm, I really want to answer your question, not because it's scared, but because it's a robot and that's what it does. So, with plugins, it's kind of the same thing as when we give our new staff a computer or we give them. Like for me, I use checkpoint. So we give them checkpoint or we give them a calculator because ChatGPT, the math it does, and you know, everyone's like ChatGPT failed the CPA exam on 3.5. I'm like, yeah, it it can't do math. ChatGPT four can, but it's all once again mental math. So giving it a calculator is like is like giving your new staff a calculator. You're not asking them to do all the mental math.
0: This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by TechGuru. As an accountant, you already have a lot on your plate, and you don't need the added stress of dealing with IT issues that slow you down. Enter TechGuru. The IT department that offers IT strategy, security, and tech support specifically for accounting firms. They know accounting technology better than any IT generalist and help accounting firms across the country daily with their tech issues like cloud migrations, automated backups, managed security updates, cybersecurity awareness training, hardware procurement, and support for over 100 accounting applications. The team at Tech Gurus know their clients on a first name basis and provide ongoing remote services and support whenever you need it, whether it is remotely or on site. They'll even work with you to streamline your technology systems and provide industry-focused strategy sessions that help you scale and increase efficiency. Tech Guru will keep your systems running smoothly so you can rest assured that all your tech is taken care of while you focus on what you do best, serving your clients. To schedule a one-hour technology planning workshop, including an audit of your firm's technology stack, for free, just by mentioning the Cloud Accounting Podcast during your call, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash techguru. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo Forward slash t e c h g u r u,
2: and I I just logged in a couple of days ago when I got back from my trip to ChatGPT, and I saw I have plugins now, so I connected yeah. Wolf, I connected Wolfram Alpha, I connected Zapier, I connected Kayak. I haven't really played with it yet, but like I just tried. I just tried uh, asking it to book a flight to Madrid for me. And now it's asking me all these questions, like the same thing a, a personal assistant would ask, like, from where yeah. are you flying? When do you need to get there? Do you have a preferred departure time? Do you want one way or do you want return? And mm-hmm. and it's going to go out to Kayak's database now and it's going to find me the flight that meets those conditions. Yeah, And, and like, that's that's going to be mind blowing when that rolls out to more people. When more people start being able to do that, especially with with just in Windows, right? I need to book a flight. Just do it right there in the sidebar.
1: Yeah. Um, so that that Spotify thing you saw, that was a plugin. Yeah. That was them bringing Spotify in. Do you know who else has a plugin? Thomson Reuters. Really? Thomson Reuters has a plugin. So
2: what does it connect to?
1: I, <clears throat> So I was super excited to see that plug I was like, oh my goodness, I will never have to go out to Checkpoint again. Look at me. I will just do all of my tax memos in Word and have it make it look nice. It connects to Westlaw. It connects to all of the lawyer stuff right now.
2: Uh, of course. The attorneys get it first.
1: They get it first. But the fact that Thomson Reuters did it that fast. and the fact It means that we will in maybe three or four years get our own plugin.
2: (laughs) Hopefully hopefully not three or four years. Hopefully sooner hopefully three or four months. That would be
1: Yeah. That would be nice. So the thing that like the way to think about plugins is that let's say we want to do everything everything in just one space. Let's say that we're like, I never want to leave Teams chat again. This is my safe space. Plugins bring in that functionality to where we are so they're connected by APIs and the the plugin developers get to choose you know as always and an API for anyone listening because I keep saying that word and I forget that just 2 months ago when someone said that word to me I was like thank you should I be offended so an API is basically a software has a lot of doors into it that software providers permit certain actions to happen. And so if a software has an API, that means that that particular software is going to let you do something with that data or with a functionality, not all of it, software providers get to choose what they let you have access to. But that's what these plugins are. They're like, basically a road between your robot, who is sitting on your data, and all of the functionality of your outside vendors and bringing it into your space, and you'll never have to leave your house again. Oh, wait, no, I don't think that's actually what happens. But, um,
2: well, if I can just but, chat, chat with the AI and ask it to, you know, get my groceries and pick yeah. up my laundry and then maybe go I'll
1: outside run. for you and get some sunshine. Yeah. Yep,
2: Solve my vitamin D deficiency.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Order. Or did some
0: vitamins? Do you want to jump into the earnings reports? Because Intuit's they 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 all all, you know Sage and Intuit they both loosely talk about AI, but I think Intuit's got some interesting marches they're on and some of their you know you get into the conference calls that's where all the good meat is. Well, because
2: they're they're talking. I know they they're talking about using AI and TurboTax right to automate more and more of the the flow of that. And I sorry I just triggered Ashley with that term. You
1: you did. Oh my goodness, you guys. Can I say one thing that I saw that like I I just knew that TurboTax is going to have it in there by the end of the year? I just knew it. I feel it in my pinky toes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I was in a I was in a session on a QA for AI, and a lot of folks are like, what about the destruction of the world? What about, you know, our data getting stolen? What about this and what about that? And I was like, hey, you showed, a, you showed your forms recognizer and it, it looked like uh, you were you did something really cool there. Can it read tax documents? And this man got so excited. He was like, yes, it can. And it's, it's not just doing OCR now. It's GPT has eyeballs and it's reading tax documents and extracting data that you just need to tell it what to go and get. It's, it can do it for unstructured documents.
2: Yeah. That's, so, that's great. Great news, right?
1: I had a whole summer plan to use AI Builder to like train AI Builder on how to read 1099s to impress yeah. my friends, but I guess I'll just use that There's, instead.
2: So I guess that that leads us to an interesting question, which is, is it worth even taking the time to try and build these bridge apps that will use GPT to do this stuff or do we just wait until the ai builds it for us right and and that's why i wanted to talk to you know about anything. i wanted to talk to you about the microsoft stuff because with power automate with power apps right we could plug into gpt and we could start automating all this stuff but we're going to have to do a bunch of work to do it but it seems like this ai stuff is advancing so quickly that it it might connect all of these rails for us in not too long and then I mean, you know, then we get into the whole philosophical argument of like, well, what will work be when AI is doing most of the work for us? And what will, you know, will the end of the, will it, will it be the end of humanity? But, you know, I, I, I think that takes us a little out of scope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You went way to the end there.
2: Yeah. Well, once you get an AI that can, that can reprogram itself, right, which is, I think, where we're headed, right? AI will improve itself. Is that, you know, can it do that? it can write code
1: um the interesting thing was uh and that uh because like i said before remember when i said it it goes down the rabbit hole right it goes down the rabbit hole and um if it goes down a rabbit hole it's going to just continue going down that rabbit hole it doesn't have a way to go back and so what i wrote down his name a whole bunch of times today and i can't remember he was like a a co-developer um, and co-creator of OpenAI, uh, what he said was that the they're not there yet for the ability to for GPT four to go back and correct itself. Mm. That's not a capability that it has, and it would be it's kind of a leap to get there. Uh, and there's some models trying to trying to overcome that, like the the Auto GPT stuff that I you know that was supposed to overcome. GPT four is like going down these rabbit holes. Like it was supposed to correct for it, but it's still very yeah. broken.
2: Well, yeah, it's an saw idea, it,
1: but still very broken.
2: It, it got it got a lot of attention on Twitter, and people started doing mm-hmm. it. But then, like none of them none of them really worked, right? It always it sort of spiraled into not productive uh, behavior. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a good. I think that's actually good news, right? In some ways, that. Uh,
0: I
1: think so. I think that it will give us time to redefine yeah. what what we think work is. Because right now, like I said, work is defined by a very old idea that was a concession to working people too much. Yeah. And the fact that like we're holding large amounts of knowledge workers to that same standard that was created for like in, industrial workers which probably was still maybe too many hours a day on on the on the body. Like I would love for us to have the time to redefine what work is. And you know the funny thing okay so uh is it okay if I respond to some of the comments that popped up?
2: Yeah, we've got a f- bunch of folks who have joined us in the live stream. We've got Sarah, okay. we've got Brian, Jennifer, Judy, thanks for joining us.
1: So to answer your question about like why would we want to jump in now versus later? And, and the the whole the, the idea of ROI comes up as well. And so I wrote a, I wrote a blog post in my, uh, my kitchen table automations newsletter, which once again, I was like, this is such a good idea to start, I'm just gonna do it. And now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this forever. Okay, great. And what the post was about was asking chat gpt it was this fictional like new staff person who wanted to ask chat gpt how to save the company money and depending on the adjectives that you use you get different responses right so uh, it was really fascinating because chat gpt was able to generate all of these really great ideas to save the company money and then in the last the last prompt was how do Like, what ideas can I bring to my boss as a new staff to save the company money that makes me look good? And it came up with a whole bunch of different responses, but that this young person, this new staff could do to improve like the company's bottom line or the company's profitability. So I think when we think about ROI, we're thinking about it in like the really big, like heavy lifting sense of, um, oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to become an AI engineer and learn all of these things. But there are so many tiny things we can do right now to incorporate this into our practices. And once again, going back to my the the whole, like there's a gonna be a difference between what AI is going to do and there's going to be things that you need to automate. So, if the question is, you know, where should I focus first? I would say, learn the basics of how to talk to the robot because prompting is so much, like prompting is so much different than a Google search query. Like we're having to relearn how to ask quest- ask cl- clear questions rather than just a google search query which like pulls up everything under the sun. So like learning how to prompt is going to be an important skill because we are soon going to be prompting everything. But you know once you get that under your belt if you're not interested in creating like these bots like I've been talking about that break things down that's fine you don't need to but you could also use it to help you learn new things. You can use it to help you identify areas of improvement. You can use it for so many different applications.
0: Every app in your tech stack that you're currently using in your firm and with your clients will have a Chat GPT AI component prompt of some type. They'll be doing some piece of a, the workflow in that app through AI. So this is inevitable. Like right. mark my words, it is coming. We already, I mean, we've already talked about some high-level ones. These apps that send emails are all kind of adding it. We talked about Canopy and Pro... Carbon, um, Client Hub. Is it's like the task list? It'll create the task you need. Like it's 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 here. So like if you're thinking about like why should I jump in? You're right. You could just sit on the sideline too because it's it's just going to show up in all your apps you're using, and hopefully if the apps do it right, you shouldn't have need this expertise of prompts. The apps should be able to build a layer in between. Right and to where you you have to do less. Where it is just that magic light bulb button you hit it and then it does all the work for you, right? But the real thing I think the learning and that's why experimenting is important is understanding the limitations because if you just hey I hit the magic light bulb and it may, it, it did something for me like you're you need to get to that point where you're like okay I know I have to check it right like uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know where I saw this um, I think it was um, I'm blinking mm-hmm. out on who. Tweeted, it, was, it was on Twitter, like somebody talked to, it's like, really, you're turning into like a traffic cop for AI, right? You're, you're just like, okay, that's okay, let it through, that one's not okay. Like, go back, try again. And, and that's a, that's the skill set you need to have, right? It's that interpretation skill set. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Helsinki. Hellsum's full suite of AR payment tools ensures that you have everything you need to streamline your payment processes, be it credit and debit card payments, ACH bank payments, online, or even in-person payments. And since Hellsum is also a platform, it includes a point of sale, a smart terminal, invoicing, subscriptions, virtual terminal, payment pages, e-commerce checkout, APIs, and much more. Hellsum also has transparent and honest pricing. They use interchange plus pricing, also known as cost plus pricing or wholesale pricing, ensuring you know exactly what you are paying. Sign up for Hellsum just takes 10 minutes and small businesses that have switched to Hellsum average savings of 22% on credit card processing fees. Helsum integrates seamlessly with Zero and QuickBooks Online, and if you ever need assistance, their five-star support team is ready to help you via phone or email. If you're ready to simplify your payment processes, save on processing fees, enjoy top-notch support, and feel good about your payments, head over to slash helsum That slash cloudaccountingpodcast.promo/helcim.
2: So before before we go any farther, Ashley, I want to give you a chance to talk about your newsletter. You have a, a newsletter you started on Substack, Kitchen Table I Animation. I did.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. So I I was uh, this was this is this is a shout out to uh, Jason Stats. He had a daily a daily show about just starting stuff, starting creating content, and I'm like, I talk all the time. On Twitter, why don't I just make a newsletter so I can talk all the time in a newsletter? Um, And it's free. And the whole idea around this newsletter is that a lot of this technology is kind of big and scary, and we're hearing a ton about it, and we don't know if it's applicable to us. So let's make it simple, let's make it easy, let's make it not scary. I'm not talking about anything like super wild. I'm not like the first section is like chat GPT. The first section is ChatGPT, GPT. And then I talk about like a Microsoft app, because if you pay for Microsoft 365, you get probably between 103 million apps that you've never used before. Every time I go in there, I feel like I'm like, oh, I've never seen or heard of this app before. What does it do? So uh, I talk about like a Microsoft app that you can use and then the the last section is about using power automate but not in like the scary you're a technical person and you have you love to use excel macros it's more like you want to use it because it's going to make your life easier what do you need to know and so yeah it's it's the the whole point of it is just to make it really tech friendly and or really really friendly for accountants and tax professionals and even financial planners because i feel like we get bombarded with all of this like crazy tech stuff and it doesn't need to be scary i mean we have learned really hard stuff in our profession we have probably the worst software to learn and then learn the workarounds. And then we have like the technical stuff, like the, the tax and accounting technical stuff. We have the capability of learning these things. It's yeah. just the way that it comes to us doesn't make any sense in in our vernacular. So that's the goal of the newsletter, it's just to help folks get comfortable.
2: You've also got some courses.
1: I did. This is another thing that I was like, I don't think anybody's going to sign up for this. I, the, the what? i didn't think i didn't think so so this uh one of the things i kept seeing over and over again was like i don't have time to go down this rabbit hole i don't have time to learn about prompting and i'm like oh no we don't have time not to learn about prompting because there are ways to well for one thing i don't know if anybody knows this but nobody actually knows how to prompt chat gpt effectively There's like studies that come out about, okay, so we found a new way to get a better response from the robot. Like they made this thing and it didn't come with an instruction manual. So the idea of this class is like, it is basically you don't have to go down a rabbit hole. I'm going to lead you down this nice, well-manicured path that is going to take you less than five minutes a day. It's just 30 days of tiny prompts take you less than five minutes a day and by the end of it you will feel very comfortable with just the basics of, of a, a good solid prompt and and like how you can different ways you can use chat GPT to make your life better easier like that's what we're here for right this yeah if it wasn't making our lives better we wouldn't use it.
2: Well, I like um, the 5 minutes a day thing. That's that's really yeah. good. Like,
1: Everyone's so busy.
2: My key takeaway is just from talking to everybody who's doing anything with AI is just it's almost like everything in life. Just start learning about it and it doesn't right. have to be overwhelming. It can just be a little bit every day. Just, you know, sign up, start using it. And and you'll be ahead of 98% of the profession. Right, that is not doing anything; that is just sitting back and and waiting. I agree. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you have to like go and like like nobody nobody that I know of has actually like built any of this into their standard processes in their firm yet. Right, this is not like like deeply in, like, nobody is doing that yet. But if we're learning about it, then we can you know when these tools become available, we can start doing that, and we'll be ahead of the the herd.
1: Yeah. I also think that we're going to be seeing a lot of like AI flavored AI flavored software coming out like my, my my software has now this flavor of AI and my software has 100% more AI in every bite and unless you know or unless you're comfortable with what sort of AI is actually impressive and what sort of AI is like, okay, well, thanks for putting that in there, but your software isn't enhanced by that AI. So I'm not really going to get excited about that. I think that's like just kind of getting in and learning about it is a, is a way to figure out, okay, so should I be impressed or is this just something that they added because they wanted to put AI on there?
2: The the and marketing so the, the marketing feature you know not the right? actual productivity it's an feature organic
1: free range yeah. AI that has never that has never been um, outside of its like AI home and cage free uh, everything like that yeah uh, the the thing I was surprised about with this class it's so that first class the June class it is asynchronous right the idea is like you're gonna get a video from me at the beginning of the week but that's the only time you see my face because I'm not the star of this show you're going to get every day you're just going to get a little tiny exercise easy to do less than five minutes that will help kind of hold your hand in like playing with ai Uh, and then if you're over overzealous and ambitious and you love extra credit there will be weekly exercises that will like take you a little bit more down the rabbit hole but not not into the, I mean, you're not going to be building a bot, like a, a auto, auto bot, auto BPT bot from this. We're not, are,
2: we're not automating our jobs yet.
1: We're not, uh, yeah, yeah, this is not the class for that. So that class, I was so surprised. It filled up. Um,
2: That's great. Because I wanted
1: to limit it to 100 people so that, because I want people to get in the comments yeah. and share what they learned because I think it is like once you get into, using ChatGPT gpt properly it is incredible like you're like why does this exist how is it possible kill it with fire things like that like all of their responses and so i want people to share and 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 help others like come up with more ideas right yeah. so i was so surprised it filled up so i have a july class now if if folks want to sign up and uh yeah, yeah, it's, What's it's the, amazing. I
2: don't think we mentioned the URL. Where should people go for both your newsletter and the class? Is there one place they can go? I wish. Well, you've got kitchentableautomations.com. dot com.
1: Kitchen table, yes, kitchentableautomations.substack.com dot substack dot com for the newsletter.
2: Got it. And then
1: automations dot thinkific, t h i n k i f i c com. I keep calling it Thinkrific, and that is not the name. It's Thinkific,
0: and we'll put the link in the show notes so everybody can okay. it find that. Yeah, it, that shouldn't be a problem. I'm
1: I'm I'm so excited though for folks to just start getting in and and playing around with it because I think once they get in there and they start seeing what it can do, if you think about our profession and this how many barriers we have to actually providing client service we have so many things in the way that get between us and our clients Mm -hmm. like bad data we have too many emails we have all of our data is siloed we have you know everything is coming in from different places the ChatGPT is only only the beginning and it's going to it's going to like all of the complexity in the world all of the just millions and millions of pieces of data that have been created because the internet was created. We're going to have some a barrier in between us and all of that data that's going to quiet down the noise, simplify it for us, and also, as an added bonus, do stuff. Mm-hmm. Do stuff we don't want to do because it's repetitive and boring.
2: And here's an example. While David was talking and I wasn't listening to him, I, uh, I, I asked... ChatGPT to book me a flight on Kayak or find me some flights on Kayak. It asked me all these questions. I said I gave it a tough one. I said I need to go to Madrid on Monday. You know, find me some flights. It asked me seven questions. I replied, and then it gave me four different options with the price, with the return, how many stops, all that. Like just right then and there. That easy. Just using the plugins. Like, yeah.
1: So, so. And if you go to the search right now, so here's here Microsoft wrecked my day because my class was like, we're going to do it's week one. We're just learning the framework for a good prompt, which I know sounds like, oh, that's that's going to take a whole week. Yes, because a good prompt has certain aspects to it. Week two was going to be adding in. Flavor and ways to enhance your prompt to make it even better. Week three, we were going to go over to Bing AI and show what you can do with like pulling data from web sources. And week four was like, is you know, actually using it in your real life, right? But at the at the conference, they were like, and now we Bing AI is going to be the search feature for chat gpt4 and soon it will come down to chat gpt 3.5 and i was like no you didn't you didn't just do that to me pre- like what are you
2: doing it's all changing so fast that's that's the it, thing it that's really nuts is. about all this like i feel like you know when david and i started this show what was it you know five six years ago david you know the developments in cloud-based accounting were coming in hot and fast. But right? it took years, and now we're we're seeing the same pace in months. Um, it's
1: it's not comfortable. It's very yeah. uncomfortable. Like as I, someone who's trying to keep ahead of it, it's uncomfortable. It's
2: I, hard. I tuned out for a couple of weeks. I come back, and it's all different. You know, like that's that's going to be the big challenge for us as professionals is just yeah dealing with this pace of change. So thank you, Ashley, for being out there and putting this information out there and helping us understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think there's the nice thing is, is like, as professionals, we really only have to worry about specific things, right? Our number one thing we have to worry about is security and then everything else. At least that's how I feel about it. Like everything else falls out of that. So all of these like auto GPTs and like GPTs that'll drive your car and GPTs that'll do your laundry. As a professional, like first I look at security, and then I look at everything else. Does it make my life better? Does it solve a problem I have? We have so many problems that we can solve while we're waiting for other people to solve other problems that it feels like we could probably just play around and come up with cool things that make our lives easier. And if someone then comes along and makes a similar cool thing, that's great.
2: And then we know how to use it. Know how to and take then we know how to use
1: it and whether we should be impressed or not right that's the other thing should we be impressed or not
2: well ashley it's been so great talking to you david i think you have something you want to yeah,
0: say? I was gonna say we're coming up in the hour but we're gonna have to go a long way because we, we well, there's just news we got to talk about we, we'll, we're we'll just, just gonna have to go along we'll just a have to do a,
2: a a double episode this week so um let's you and me figure out when we'll do that we'll do a news episode it was great talking to you ashley um, I'm
1: so sorry, but, David, for taking up all your no, time. I, I know you no, had stuff good, you're excited good. on talking about.
2: This is, we've done this before where we have a guest on and we just, like, we can't stop talking about the the thing that you're here to talk about. And I'm so glad we got to delve deep into it with you. Um, people should follow Ashley at Seattle underscore tax. You can follow me. I'm at Blake T. Oliver. How about you, David?
0: Uh, just on all the socials at David Leary. Two things to plug. So we are going to be doing a session at AICPA Engage on Monday, June 5th at 7 a.m. So if you're going to, uh, I guess it's AICPA right? It's AICPA-CIMA.com now. So we're doing a session with ShareFile. The session's called Elevate and Modernize Your Client Experience, presented by ShareFile. And then if I'm understanding correctly, actually, you're speaking at, at Engage 2023 as well?
1: I am. I guess we're the Monday crew. I'm going to be speaking at, uh, I think it's 1 one thirty. I should have, I should have just, oh. mem- I'm just going to show up when I show up. But um, it's called Navigating e, navigating Uncharted Opportunities. It's going to be a session on AI and personal financial planning.
2: Can we swap with you? Because we're on at 7 a.m. So
1: I, the, I, I'd be awake. I, I'll have been awake for hours by that point. Uh. I don't know your topic very well, but. I'm sure that I can muddle through.
2: Well, I, I look forward to meeting you in person at Engage, and we get, we gotta we gotta figure that out. We, we, yeah, we for sure. And I
1: think I was gonna come by your booth yeah. for your millionth episode, so then I could but, borrow your equipment to if, uh,
2: sometimes to do it, my
1: one of yeah, my trainings.
2: You should. Sometimes it feels like a million episodes, but it's a million downloads.
0: It's downloads. A,
1: yeah.
2: But
0: uh, that's yeah. still
1: pretty cool. That's cool. Really so, yeah, good. Monday it's evening, if you're
0: at Engage 2023, swing by. We are going to do a little, some cake and a toast, hopefully, uh, celebrating our millionth download. We're uh, in the quick fee booth um, and track us down. Cool.
2: Thanks, everyone who joined us live today. As always, uh, you can tune in, subscribe to Cloud Accounting Podcast on YouTube, and you'll get notified when we go live. And we love to to chat with you all. Ashley, uh, we'll see you pretty soon.
1: Yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: Time for the classifieds. ClientHub automatically sends your clients a task for each expense or deposit marked as uncategorized in QuickBooks. Your team will save hours of time, and the best part that it's free, introducing the free ClientHub recategorized plan. ClientHub is bringing the freemium business model to accounting apps. They are so confident that you, your team, and your clients will love the free recategorized plan that will lead you to implement all the features of the award-winning ClientHub into your firm's workflows and communications. Using ClientHub in your workflow is a guaranteed ROI, especially since it is free. To schedule your demo, go to ClientHub.app. That's ClientHub.app. Is it possible to scale your firm while significantly reducing your workload so you can spend more time with your family? That's what Marie Phillips did when she tripled the revenues of her multi seven-figure firm thanks to Future Firm Accelerate. Designed for busy firm owners, Future Firm Accelerate gives you the system, training, coaching, and the community you need to systemize your firm so that you can scale it while working less. The program is built around founder and CPA Ryan Lozanis' six part future firm framework, which he used to scale and sell his own firm, Zen Accounting, to a major international organization in just five short years. To learn more and join over seven hundred other modern firm owners scaling their businesses, go to www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. That's www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. We don't like uncategorized transactions, but we do like CATs, and we love UnCat. Thousands of accountants and bookkeepers have switched from sending spreadsheets of uncategorized transactions to their clients every month to using UnCat. It's easy, UnCat syncs with QuickBooks and gets clients' responses back so fast you can close the books on time, every time. And you're gonna love the price. UnCat is just $5 per month per client. And bonus, start a 14-day free trial at uncat.com and they'll send you a $5 Starbucks gift card. Get yours at uncat.com. Are you tired of spending hours manually adjusting your balance sheet and reconciling your accounts every month? Say hello to NetTracker. Automate tedious tasks such as adjustments for depreciation, prepaid expenses, accruals, and deferred revenue. With just a few clicks, selected balance sheet accounts are updated and reconciled. No more stress and hassle every month. NetTracker makes monthly financial reporting a breeze. Try it now with QuickBooks Online, Zero or Sage Business Cloud and see how much time and energy you can save. www.nettracker.com. That's www.nett-tracker.com. Your accounting clients don't want another shiny app they have to log into. They want to be met where they live in their email inbox. FinDaily does just that. FinDaily automates the communication of key financial data by sending it to your client's inbox daily. Try FinDaily out for free at findaily.io. That's findaily.io. That's findaily.io. Small accounting firms can rarely afford to have a full-time marketing person. Instead, someone on their team gets to wear the marketing hat in addition to the other responsibilities. Without a background in marketing, they struggle to know what to do that will get the best ROI for the records. That's why Benchmark Growth started the Marketing Mastermind for Accounting Firms. Your in-house marketing person gets guidance, tools, peer support, and accountability on how to execute an effective marketing strategy. Their newest cohort launches in June. Go to marketingforaccountingfirms.com mastermind to learn more. Marketing for Accounting